Good morning. Welcome to the New York City Church of Christ. If you're visiting with us this morning, we are glad that you are here. This is the day the Lord has made. We will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Next week is going to be our Christmas program. Amen. Looking forward to it. It's going to be our carols by candlelight. You need to go get your battery-operated candlelight for next week. Uh, let's be inviting our friends and family members. It's going to be a great time as we sing Christmas carols together next week. And then on December 25th, which is Christmas Day, falls on a Sunday this year, uh, we're going to be talking about the call to be the light of the world. Amen? Jesus, indeed, is the light of the world. That's what Scripture teaches. And so Sunday on Christmas Day, um, we'll have that. It's going to be awesome. And then December 28th, there will be no midweek service. Okay? Then, God willing, next year, uh, January 1st, we'll have Bible talks. Christmas, uh, excuse me, New Year's Day service in our different Bible talks. Um, your Bible talk leader will inform you how you guys are going to do it. January 4th will be our first Zoom service back together in the new year. January 8th, we'll be back here in person um, for 2023. And so January 8th will be our first live worship back in here. So please remind yourselves about that and put that in your calendars. And then January 11th, that midweek, we're going to be having a joint financial workshop by our chief our financial officer, Bobby Ritter. Uh, he's going to be speaking to us, both us and Staten Island. And then January 18th, we're going to start our five-week revelation series by, in my opinion, one of the best preachers, elders that we have in our fellowship of churches, Gordon Ferguson. And uh, I was talking to Michelle this morning. I said, I've finished revelation already. I said, awesome. So let's, let's imitate her. Don't try and understand it. Just read it through. God is going to break it down. I promise you. Okay? Um, I have never heard anybody break down that book like he does. You are going to be truly inspired. Again, I want us to use it as an opportunity to invite our friends and our family members. That's the invite. Thanks to Tim. He designed that. And so uh, your Bible talk leader should have that already. So make sure, you know, text your Bible talk leader. Please send me that invite. And let's start using it. Let's start inviting our friends to church uh, starting January 18th for midweek. It's going to be five weeks, okay? So that's going to be awesome. How are we doing this morning? Awesome. This morning, I want to talk to us about the call to be courageous. We need to bring this thing to a landing. We've been talking about the call to follow Jesus the last several months, and uh, this afternoon, excuse me, this evening, I'm getting old. This morning, I'm going to be talking about the call to be courageous. And then this afternoon, I'm going over to Staten Island and preaching the same message. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then this evening, I'm not preaching. The call to be Courageous. I'll make this quick. 
In Matthew chapter 14, beginning verse 25. And you read the same account in Mark chapter 6, verse 50. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out, cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. We're very familiar with this passage. This is after Jesus had fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. He dismissed the crowd, and then the Bible tells us that he went up to the mountains to pray. And so he comes in the middle of the night. He told the apostles to get into the boat and that he'll meet them on the other side. The apostles got into the boat and as they were on the lake, a storm came up. And so, in the middle of the night, Jesus is walking towards them. You know, I heard somebody say one time, obviously Jesus went up to pray. And he got so into praying and talking to God and was just walking on the water without realizing that he was walking on water. That may be true. But he's walking on water and the apostles see him and the Bible tells us they were terrified. Remember, some of these men were fishermen. Now, it's one thing to know how to swim. It's something else to be in the middle of a lake, a giant lake, and I've been on the, on the Sea of Galilee. It's huge. When you're on one end of it, you can't see the other end. It's that big. Although on a map, it looks very tiny. So you can imagine in the middle of the night, there's a storm. And these guys are trying to, you know, you've been in a storm. Some of you like go fishing. Now, I know you have a, quote-unquote, you know, a big boat. But sometimes when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you hit storms, when you hit waves, I mean, that thing is doing the, one of these things, you know. And that's another reason I don't like to go fishing. <laughs> but anyway, Jesus comes. He says, it's a ghost. And look at what he says. He says, take courage. It is I. You don't need to be afraid. Again, I don't know how to swim. If I was with these guys, I would be terrified too. I'm sure you read on the news the guy that fell off a, a cruise boat in the Gulf of Mexico. And they found him. He spent 15 hours in the water. His chance of survival, believe me, when somebody falls overboard like that, is very low. Probably 5%. And so I was listening to him this week, you know, he was being interviewed. And he said at some point, you know, he started, you know, negotiating with God and saying, if you get me out of this. And God got him out of it. Amen. But Jesus says, take courage. It is I. You and I need to remember that no matter what storm we're facing, that Jesus is always with us. Again, remember, when Jesus was walking on the water, they had never seen him do this before. He had never done it. 
I'm sure he's thinking, you know what? Where did this thumb come from? Have you ever thought about that? I think Jesus was messing with them. You know, I'm going to create a storm, and then I'm going to walk towards them. I'm going to scare them. And some, some of you like to do that to people. You, you like to scare them. And I think that's what Jesus was doing here. But he says, take courage. Don't be afraid. It is I. You know, in Matthew 14 and Mark 6, it actually reads in the Greek, the I am is here. That's why you don't need to be afraid. That is the way it reads in the Greek. Jesus is saying, the I am is here. Remember, that's the name God called himself in Exodus chapter 3. When Moses said, what if I go back to the Israelites and they ask me, who sent you? Tell them, I am sent you. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 14 and in Mark chapter 6. He said, the reason why you need to have courage because I'm here. You don't need to be afraid, amen? You see, later on, obviously, Jesus quiets the storm and the apostles are astonished. He said, we've never seen anything like this. He even commands the waves and the wind and they obey him. Because again, he created everything, Amen? Again, I want you to notice, Jesus showed up at just the right time. Can I get an amen? amen. He's never early, he's never late. He will come at the right time. And that is the confidence we have. And that is why you and I can be, have courage. God will always show up. He knows the struggles that you and I are going through. Greek, excuse me, courage in the Greek is the word andria, andria. It means to show bravery, to show fortitude, and to be bold. The reason why you and I can be courageous in the face of adversity and many storms we face in this life is because God is with us. Not only is God with us as Christians, God is in us. Oh, man, you're not hearing me. That's why there's nothing to fear. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what is sitting in front of you, the I am is here. The I am is with you. Now, you may feel like, you know, I'm the only person in the room. No, you're not. The Holy Spirit, first of all, is inside of you. And your, your, your angel is probably in there with you. You just can't see him. You say, I want to see my angel. Man, if you saw him, you would be terrified. Go, look, go read your Bible. All these guys that encountered angels, they were terrified. Those are some amazing looking beings. Amen? But they're with you. You're never alone. I'm never alone. I need to keep it moving. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. Spiritual people need courage from time to time. In Acts chapter 23, talking about Paul, it says, The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, you also must also testify in Rome. Again, we've read the Gospels, we've read the letters. The Apostle Paul went through a lot. 
as he went around planting churches. As those churches grew, guess what? There were problems. And that's why he wrote all these letters in the scriptures to those churches to address those issues. Are you with me? Remember what I said last, a few weeks ago. Our head, Jesus, is perfect. But the rest of us, we're all jacked up. That make up the church. I'm sorry. Okay? There is no perfect church. There is no perfect leader. We have only one perfect leader and his name is Jesus. Are you with me? And if your mindset is, you know what, I can only follow a perfect leader, I got news for you. You missed your chance 2,000 years ago. And guess what? He didn't create you back then. And chances are, he wouldn't have called you to be an apostle anyhow. And so I say all that to say, you know what? This church is not perfect. It never will be. Amen? I don't know about you. There are times, you know, there are things going on in the church. And then I read 1 Corinthians. And I go, Lord, thank you for the problems I have. I mean, some of the issues they were dealing back, dealing with in some of these churches, it was something else. Amen? But God tells Paul to take courage. Even as he's going through all the stuff he was going through, taking care of Christians and the Gentiles back in the first century. Amen? God saw the need to tell Paul, Take courage. I'm here with you. In case you don't know, church leaders, we need courage from time to time. Honestly, there are days I wake up and, you know, I'm praying. I'm like, God, you got to take care of this. I didn't die for these guys. I didn't. I'm not Jesus. Father, you, don't, you didn't take care of this. Because I don't know what to do with this. Then I feel, obviously, I pick up the phone and I start getting advice. It's not easy. You know, the other day, I walked into church, and Carla's son came and said, Mr. Richard, this is for you. And he gave me a card. And it said, thank you so much for preaching the word. It brought tears to my eyes. God knew I needed the encouragement. And again, he came and gave me that card that morning. It was a few weeks ago. How did he know? You need encouragement. You need some courage put into you. Amen? And that's why when, when you think of somebody, you're going about your day and you think of somebody, God, the Holy Spirit is telling you, stop whatever it is you're doing and reach out to that person. And we got to make sure that we're not so busy that we, don't, we no longer hear that voice anymore. Amen? But even all of us in here, we need encouragement from time to time. I'm going to give you a bunch of verses over here. This is uh, passages that talk about be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31 verses 3 to 7. Deuteronomy chapter 3, 31 verse 23. Joshua 1. 1 to 9, Joshua 1, 18, Joshua 10, 25, 1 Chronicles 22, verse 13, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20, and 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7. In your spare time, you can go look them all up. Amen? But I want to read Joshua 1 very quickly. I love this passage. You know, Moses has died, and then Joshua takes over. 
Joshua chapter 1, beginning verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, as I promised Moses, excuse me, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great, great river to Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea to the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to, to give them. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Oh, I love this passage. I want you to remember the scene. Remember Moses had sent out 12 spies to go spy out the promised land. 12 of their leaders. 10 of them came back faithless. And we don't remember any of their names as we're seated here this morning. But two men stood out who believed that they could indeed go in and take the promised land. You remember their names? Joshua and Caleb. We name our kids after them. Same guy. And God, God says, you know what? Okay. Moses is dead. Now you and these people get ready to go in, to cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. These are the same people that have been complaining and griping for 40 years. That's a long time. Some of you are not even 40 years old yet. But that's okay. You're going to get there one of these days. It's awesome to be 40. Imagine. All of a sudden now, he needs to lead these guys that have been faithless, that have been complaining. It's because of their sin. As, as a matter of fact, it was their kids who grew up. All those people died out in the desert. Remember what God said. None of these faithless people would see the promised land. And so he made them wonder. They were basically going around in circles for 40 years. Then when they died out and their kids grew up, God says, Joshua, it's time to take these people across. See, God's word will always come to pass. Amen? And that's why he's telling Joshua to be strong and to be courageous. Amen? And he said it to him several times. And so go study it out in your spare time. I want to make two very quick, quick, quick points this morning. Number one, the courage to face the unknown. The courage to face the unknown. The courage to face the unknown. And I'm going to use 1 Samuel 17 that we're very familiar with. This is the account where David fought against Goliath. Again, in your spare time, go read it. 
Go study it out. There's a lot in there. In verse 26 in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David asked the men standing near him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Again, you know the story. For 40 days, the Israelite army, they were terrified. Because Goliath would get up every morning and shout across the battlefield, taunting the Israelites. Say, choose one of your guys. Let him come fight me. And if you go read about him in 1 Samuel 17, the guy was an impressive looking guy. Huge. There's a reason why he's called Goliath the Giant. And he had all this armor on. And David's father had sent him to go check out how his brothers were doing on the battlefield. They were not fighting a battle. They were all terrified. Including King Saul. Including his son Jonathan. Until David showed up. And so David shows up. And he hears Goliath, you know, doing his usual defiance. And he was like, excuse me? Who, who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Remember, the Bible says he was a boy. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And obviously, somebody overheard, hey, we got somebody who's going to go fight Goliath. And they went and told Saul. Remember that for 40 days, this had been going on. And so much so that Saul dressed him up in his own armor. And, you know, he tried to, I, I can't imagine how heavy that stuff must have been. He said, you know, I'm not used to this. So he took it all off. And you remember what David said to Goliath? So you come against me with javelin and spear, but I come against you in the name of God Almighty, whom you have defied. He says, today I will feed your carcass to the birds of the air. And people will know that there is a God in Israel. And he went and found himself some stones. Remember, he's a shepherd boy. And you may see pictures on the internet where these guys will take a sling and they'll put the, the stone in it and go, woof, 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 and go, wham. And they're very accurate. They're very good. That was what happened in 1 Samuel 17. And God made sure that the very first stone that is slung at Goliath, hit him right dead in the forehead. And boom. David goes over, you know the story, takes out his sword, chops his head off, and kept Goliath's head in his own tent. I like that. They were all quaking with fear until a courageous man showed up. I have no idea what's going to happen next year. I have, I have no idea what's going to happen five years from now. I have no idea what's going to happen ten years from now. In terms of in my life and in your life. But you and I can face that, fu that, that future, this unknown future with courage. Why? Because the I am is with you. Every day. Everywhere you go. Whatever it is you're facing. Amen?
You see, the account tells us the outlook was not that of outrage. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that of courage until David showed up. And this man defended God's honor. Brothers and sisters, this is what courage is all about. Forgetting about ourselves and being consumed with God's glory and God's honor. This is why we name our sons after men like this. We give our sons the name David. We give our sons the name Joshua. We give our sons the name Caleb. Amen? I've been around a long time. And I have never met a party. Party is one of the faithless men. The faithless spies. I've never met one. As I've gone around the world. They don't exist. Because people don't name their children. People are not inspired to follow people that don't have courage. They just don't. Amen? There are so many passages where God reminds us, I am with you. You got nothing to be afraid of. We all know the story of Shadrach in Daniel chapter 3 and his two other friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and that pretty bad Negro. I heard somebody say that many years ago. You know the story in Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar set up this statue, wanting everybody to bow to it. And he said, oh, the only person we worship is God. And they tossed them into a fiery furnace. And it's very important. Even before they tossed them in, they said, you know what? We don't care what you do to us. The God that we serve will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down and worship this statue. So much so that the king got so upset, he ordered this, the, 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 the oven really heated up that the guys who went to do the whatever, they got cinched themselves. And you know the story, they walked in and God, I mean, they, they're walking around. There's actually a fourth person that they saw in the fire. Some people say, well, that was Jesus. I, we don't know. He doesn't say it. It could have been an angel, but they were in the fire and nothing, you know, they were not cinched. That's courage. They were, they, they were able to face the king because they had courage. They believed in their God. And so I'm saying to you, and I'm saying to myself this morning, if these guys could face such adversity, and God brought them through. What is my situation? My situation is not as, as bad as this. That he won't take care of for me, for you. Are you with me? But you got you to gotta face the, future, the, the unknown future with God. That's the only way this works. Amen? I want to encourage you to read your Bible. God always comes to the rescue of courageous deeds. Every single time. God will come through for you. God will come through for me. Amen? He always does. Because that's the kind of God he is. Amen? He's not going to arrive early and he's not going to arrive late. At the right time, he will be there. Amen? Brothers and sisters, our future is not unknown to God. It's only unknown to us. 
We're talking about the God who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He's already there in terms of tomorrow and next year and whatever challenge you're going to face this week. Now, it's unknown to you. It's unknown to me, but it's not unknown to him. And that's why we can go on every single day. Because we know that the I am is here. Are you with me? Very, very important. You may be looking for a new, a new job. Don't sweat it. God is saying to you, I got this. You know, when, when, when somebody loses their employment, my prayer is always the same. Father, give that person a better job with more pay. That's always my prayer. And guess what? He always does that. Amen? You may be wondering, man, how am I going to pay for college? God is saying to you, I got this. Don't sweat it. Amen? Trust God. He's brought you this far. He's not going to let you down now. We need to face this unknown future with faith, with courage, because the I am is there with us. Amen? Very, very important. Muy importante. I haven't said that in a bit. We need to face the future with courage. You're looking for a place to stay. God's got you. Don't worry about it. I know you want it like yesterday, but God say, I got this. Trust me. Have courage. You know, one of the things I love about being a Christian is I can always go to people that have walked this road before me or are facing whatever it is I'm facing and I can, get, and I can go, go pick their brains. I go get some advice. That's the way this thing works. You and I are not, are not meant to carry these burdens ourselves. Amen? We got people in this room that have been Christians 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Some even longer. Go seek input. Go get the help. They'll tell you. In terms of when I was going through this, here's what I did. Here's how God brought me through this. Okay? Now, you, God is going to bring you through whatever it is you're going through. He's not going to fly you over it. He's not going to take you under it. He's going to take you right through it. And you and I in the process are going to draw closer to him. Every challenge we face is there for a reason. God is trying to build courage in us. God is trying to build faith in us. Amen? Very, very important. When I came to this country many, many years ago, and um, I was getting ready to graduate, my mother was coming, and my relatives and sister and stuff. And so when they showed up, my mother had this friend with her. And I said, who's this? She goes, ah. She said she wanted to come. She paid her own way. She had her own business and everything. And uh, she said she'd never been out of the country before. I said, okay, let's go. And so I'll never forget it. That Saturday, we went out to the mall and uh, just to go buy stuff. And we get in the mall and we, we, we're, we're trying to go up the escalator to go to the next level. And this woman was like, uh-uh. 
I'm not climbing that thing. Because all she saw was the, you know, those rough edges, those sharp edges on the staircase. And she is freaking out. She starts to scream. Help me. And all those, like, calm down. I'm standing there with my brother going, I can't believe this. I'm looking around, I said, okay, I'm, I'm glad nobody knows me. That, and, but she was, she was really scared. And so I, I got on the escalator, I said, I said, look, it's very easy. And then I came back down, I said, I said, no, 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 no. And so my brother got on the other side, and I stayed to her left. I said, just hold on to us. And she grabbed us, you know, one arm this way, and she was like, I said, oh, no, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, watch, now watch me. Okay, just lift your leg. And so she lifted the first leg, and we picked her up, literally, and just held out, held out. And she was, she, was, she was shaking the whole time. And then we got upstairs. Needless to say, we had to go find where the stairs were. And that's how she came back downstairs. And I'll never forget, we got back home, and um, we're just talking. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a master's and, you know, this, this, this. And she goes, oh, I'm going to come back. I, I, I want to come back and, and, and see you get your master's. And then when she left, my mother looked at me and goes, uh-uh. I'm, I'm not bringing her back here. But she was afraid. But me being there and my brother being there gave her courage. It's not easy. We got to face our fears. As I'm standing up here talking to you, I'm afraid of heights. I don't do heights. Some people like to go bungee jump and jump out of airplanes. You couldn't pay me to jump out of an airplane. You say, Richard, what if we're going to raise up millions of dollars for special contribution? It's like, you're going to have to go raise that money some other, some other way. I, I can't do that. What if they're going to pay you this? Like, are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. Once I come off, my heart is going to stop before I get down. I know myself. I know my limitations. Okay? Face your fears. At my age, I don't have to. I don't have to. What am I trying to prove? To who? Okay? Now, a lot of you guys, you're much younger. So you need to face your fears. All right? You want to go bungee jump? I will drive you to the top. I'll drive you there. And I will encourage you. Okay? A nice meal will be waiting for you when you, when you when you jump off that thing. But I'm not going to do it with you. I'll be there to encourage you. What am I saying? We need to be there to encourage each other. Amen? <laughs> we need to be there to encourage one another. But we need to face our fears. Of, what, of the unknown. Amen? Very, very important. Number two, very quickly, the, the courage to endure. The courage to endure. The courage to hang in there. In James, the courage to endure. In James chapter 1, again, a passage we're very familiar with. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, 
you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen? My faith will be tested, your faith will be tested. That's the way it is. The only way that you and I are going to find out the kind of faith we have is by getting it tested. Trials and hard times, brothers and sisters, are simply designed to test our faith. That's all it is. That is all it is. And I don't know if you've noticed, it gets harder the older you become. It gets harder the older you get. That is what I'm discovering. You know, as you grow older, yes, you may be, you know, approaching the age of retirement. You may be retired. But then all of a sudden, you start having all these health challenges. And it's not easy. You know, the body doesn't operate like it used to. It takes, a, it takes courage to keep going. Amen? Whatever happens, you don't quit. Whatever happens, you hang in there. Amen? We ordered from Shelvin. Uh, all our books have been sitting on the floor in our new place. And so I ordered some Shelvin. And so it was delivered yesterday. And uh, we're on the third floor. And I picked those things up. And took it all the way up. And then I went back down, grabbed the other box. And I'm breathing heavy. I'm like, man, what happened to that young man? He's way long gone. I couldn't do it. There's other heavy stuff being delivered today. And I said, you know what? I need to call some brothers to come help me. Before I pull something. But you see, the older one gets, the harder, the, the harder it gets. You know, some of you guys are in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s. And enjoy it. Love it. It's awesome. Live it up. It gets, her- it gets harder. It just does. Amen? But you, gotta, you, you need to have the courage to endure. To hang in there and not give up. I love the amazing race. Obviously, when the, when the show starts, there's about, I don't know, 16 teams. But only one person can win that race. And people drop off every week. This particular season, if you, didn't, if you, if you, if you clocked in last, you were eliminated. They did it a little bit differently this year. I love watching that race because it shows people's endurance. It, it never fails. Throughout the, 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 uh, the races, as they're going from country to country and all that, you see people going, I, I quit. I, I can't do this anymore. And it's always so encouraging to see them say, I'm going to continue. And their partner usually talks them into, let's keep going. You and I are running a race called life. You can't quit. You got to hang in there. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again as I wrap up. Satan doesn't care that you started this race as long as you don't finish it. It takes endurance to finish it. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of fortitude to hang in there, no matter what. Amen? You know, I was, um, I've been counting the calls this week with uh, a young man that was uh, converted in in the New York City church when he was a teenager. And um, 
you know, he left, came back, left again. Um, and so, you know, this week we've just been talking, and uh, I've actually been trying to talk him out of this. Because again, you know, like it says in uh, Luke 14, we all know the passage where it talks about counting the cost. And so I'm counting the cost with him again. Like, you, do you really want to do this? In Luke 14, verse 28, verse 2, verse 30, it says, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's that person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. And so, brothers and sisters, I'm very happy this morning to introduce to us, our brother has now been restored, Aishan Chandler. Can I have you stand up? <laughs> Welcome back. He found us online during the pandemic when everything was shut down. And we went to, you know, YouTube Sundays and he would listen every week. And after several months, then he called up Guy Donaldson and said, you know what, I want to come back to church. There's nothing out here. It just isn't. Brother, welcome back. You and I know, you and I know that only people who have endured will make it to heaven. Only people who have endured will make it to heaven. We all need to become overcomers in here. That's the, that's the word the Bible uses. Amen? You need to continue to have the courage to endure. Brothers and sisters, the goal is to finish the race. Unlike most races, our spiritual race is not about coming in first. It's about finishing. If we don't give up, if we don't quit, then we win. That's the only way this works. Even if we've made mistakes, even if we've fallen down and fallen behind, we can get up again and still finish well. God's grace allows us to finish well. Amen? And so we need to continue to endure. The courage to endure will be what sustains you. All our trials, brothers and sisters, are meant to draw us closer to God. They're not meant to cause us to complain. They are meant to draw us closer to God. And so I'm asking us to, this morning, do you have the courage to take a good look at areas in your life that need to change? Those of us that are parents, do we need to take a good look at prioritizing our kids and teaching them God? And I went, you know, the church holds activities. Even if it's in Pennsylvania, we need to take those kids there. We need to make that sacrifice. Because one day it's going to pay off. It will. I want to encourage all of our parents. Especially the parents of our teens and our preteens. When we organize events church-wide, you need to take your kids there. So you don't have a car, then pick up the telephone. 
call your brother and sister, please. Can you give my, can you give my son a ride over here? Can you, can you give my daughter a ride? People will do it for you. But you got to ask. You have not because you ask not. Amen? Very, very important. We are all called to sacrifice for our children. The same thing for our marriages. If you need to go get professional help, go get it. Amen? Some of us have health issues. If you need to go get professional help, go get it. I've shared with you guys before. When I was battling cancer, I, I, I battled depression. And I had to go see a doctor. And now forget telling my doctor, yeah, I'll do it. And he looked at me and goes, you are the first man who would ever agree to go see a therapist. I said, doc, I'm a minister. People talk to me all the time. I talk to people all the time. I got no problems going to talk to somebody about my issues. I just don't. I never have. And here's a man who had done hundreds of surgeries. And I was the first man to agree to go talk to a therapist. Can we talk about that in here? I've actually heard people say, black people don't do therapy. That's a lie. I'm a black guy. I'm a black dude and I do therapy. Amen? It's okay. If I break my leg, okay? You're not going to just tell me, Richard, pray. You're going to say, Richard, you need to get to the doctor. That's what you would tell me, right? The same thing is true for mental illness. That person needs to go see a doctor. Amen? Oh, bro, I'll be praying for you. No. Amen? I'll even take you. Call me up. I'll give you a ride over there. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We all need help. We're all jacked up. In case you haven't noticed. I know I am. Amen? But the courage to endure. The courage to face what's in front of you. And do something about it. Amen? The goal is to finish the race. Scripture says if you quit... None of the old stuff you did will be remembered. It will not count for anything. And that's why we've got to make sure we finish this race. Amen? And Jesus is our model. He gave up the glory of heaven and came into this world to die for us. I believe Jesus struggled. He didn't want to go to the cross. He wasn't going, here, sign me up. His father, if it is possible, may this cross be taken from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. And finally, after three prayer sessions, he surrendered. He didn't quit. If Jesus quit on us, this is not happening. This does not exist. And so that's our model. We're about to partake of communion. The bread represents his broken body. 
And the juice, the fruit of the vine, represents the blood that he shed on the cross for us. And one day, you're going to cross that finish line. I'm going to cross that finish line. And guess who's going to be waiting there for you? Jesus. Amen? And at the end of time, we don't know when that is. What is going to happen? You're going to hear that trumpet sound like I talked about at midweek. And then we're all going to have to give an account of our lives before God. And he's going to say to you, because you're, you're his child, he's going to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Now come in and enjoy your master's happiness. And all the challenges that you and I faced in this world, you are not even going to remember it. It will be a distant memory. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord, that you had the courage to endure till the very end. Father, help us to have the same spirit. Help us to never quit. Because, Father, you are always with us everywhere we go, every day, every moment, every hour. Even when we're sleeping, Father, you are, with, you are there with us. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you, Father, for this salvation that we, that we enjoy. Father, we love you. We ask you, God, that you bless us now as we partake of the Lord's Supper. Thank you for dying for us. Father, we look forward to seeing your glorious face one day.